0: Today, Rinpoche continued to explain the lack of intrinsic existence of all phenomena and showing that the negations that are made in these texts are not only negating non-Buddhist schools such as the Samkhya tradition, but also negating any of the school's views of the nature of reality that are below the middle way consequence view. Even the other middle way school, the middle way autonomy school, which is just below the middle way consequence school, still holds that conventional phenomena have some kind of intrinsic existence, and the middle way consequence school negates that.
1: 当地中文, lont lont de la Jibbetum, lont, drink a lunch, Jibbetum, lont, Jibbetum, lont, the Moggijum, Sudit, John Do. Ding a lont, Tabasmo, Telatin, Tabandra, then the Tabishville, Chimby, Lond, the Sanjuke, Santa, Shindula, Suba, Telatin, Sanjibit, what to say is a mother. Welcome to the Chenrezig Tibetan Buddha
0: Center. Once again we're looking at Lama Tsongkhapa's great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment. Uh, This text is a text which is a summary of all of the points that Lord Buddha ever made and all of the points that uh, the Indian pandits um, commented on and expanded upon what the Lord Buddha pronounced. Uh, So when we say what are the contents of the Great Treatise on the Stage of the Path to Enlightenment, we would say the contents are the entire teachings or pronouncements of Lord Buddha as well as the accompanying uh, Indian Pandit's commentaries, the authentic accompanying Indian Pandit commentaries. Uh, So, the way that Lama Tsongkhapa um, divided these teachings Uh, was patterned after the way that Lord Atisha did so in the text called The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. Uh, So the text The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment broke these teachings down into three categories um, in a very, very short um, couple-page format um, without much extensive explanation. Uh, So Lama Tsongkhapa took those three categories and then expanded upon the meaning of those three and showed how one practitioner could go from the beginning, meaning having had no introduction to Buddhism or uh, no accumulation of that type of merit, um, to the final stages of being a sentient being right before Buddhahood. Um, So Lama Tsongkhapa showed how those three categories um, became a roadmap become a road map for a practitioner to be able to go from the beginning stages to complete Buddhahood uh, and graduated stages. So the three categories are called the teachings for beings of three capacities. The first category is called the teachings sharing common with beings of small capacity and these are uh, teachings that the Lord Buddha gave and the Indian pandits commented on uh, about how one gets a higher realm rebirth how they get higher how one uh, achieves another rebirth as a human or in a higher demigod realm or a God realm. Uh, so what are the um, causes necessary in order for a practitioner to be able to achieve the, that kind of result? Uh, and this is laid out in the teachings uh, shared in common with beings of small capacity and the Buddha pronounced that by, Going for refuge to the three jewels—the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha—going, uh, uh, um, engaging in ethical behavior that abandons the ten non-virtuous activities, and by and acknowledging any negativity or acknowledge any time one has wavered, by relying upon those practices. Of refuge, um, abstaining from the ten non-virtues and confession, one is able to achieve a higher realm rebirth. The next category of teachings were for beings who wish to achieve uh, liberation, a complete individual liberation, a nirvana. Um, This type of practitioner um, engages in the previous mentioned teachings of going for refuge and abstaining from the ten non-virtuous activities and acknowledging downfalls and then couples them with the three highest higher trainings the highest higher training in ethics concentration and wisdom and by relying upon all of those practices this practitioner is able to achieve nirvana Uh, and in this state of nirvana that practitioner um, although they've removed the afflictive obstructions which bind all of us to cyclic existence um, and that's why they are free from cyclic existence and cyclic existence can never occur again because the afflictive obstructions are permanently eradicated the imprints of those afflictive obstructions are still present. So therefore that practitioner, even though they are in uh, an abiding nirvana, they are not omniscient, they aren't Buddhas. So in order for a practitioner to completely eradicate not only the afflictive obstructions but the obstructions to omniscience, he or she also has to practice what we find in the teachings uh, for beings of great capacity. Uh, so these are, these are practices that are exclusive to this um, large capacity grouping. Um, but this large capacity grouping also, as the medium and, uh, relies upon the small, relies upon the medium and the small. Um, so by engaging in the, um, the practices of the small medium, and medium scope, and then combining them with bodhicitta, the mind, that aspires to enlightenment and then with that mind um, then engaging in the six uh, perfections uh, and going from a state of aspiring bodhicitta to a state of engaged bodhicitta and practicing the six perfections and independence upon those practices uh, he or she is able to achieve Buddhahood. So these are all of the teachings that were laid out um, in in the sutras uh, and then also the tantras and the tantras fall into the ca- the teachings for beings of great capacity. Digsang rim che.
1: Dina raji jitmo bi dina rwa rwa yungmo da tevala sheche chunge ne bi ngobu be la <laughs> meche bi danda yin raji ga ne te. Long I knew that— I'm concerned, I the to the I to go Tamata Tamata de 뭐부터 <the> Then dobe dobe so, sir cheda nala che medo anna cheje tende jundi khila seba chung, seji seji joni joni la seje do damba damba debatar tai tende dala raj je dubar मब I the 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 Taoïsin, t'es taoïsin, tout bâton, tout bâton, tu pas, donnez, t'es pas, t'es taoïsin, t'es taoïsin, t'es taoïsin, t'es taoïsin, t'es taoïsin, t'es taoïsin, Tantin while I have a problem with how not doing I have an accident. He to kill to see the country <tries> more than जो जाम बीचे राजी मैं बनी तो राजी मैं बनी तो मैं हाए 메라 and <iami> <deux motor sporty? maniacos> <aboüber> شم 没有 Nebatran Tony said, money, it it if organizations were present, to they would the そそつんやなだやがんだんだんだんだんじゅろ。C'est moi, si ne pas si je suis un peu plus de temps. Je ne sais pas Третья ne yeah, yeah okay let's so
0: it's at 321, the second Nagarjuna. Okay. All right, so we begin on page 317, right at the bottom where it says, therefore. I'm sorry?
2: The first therefore.
0: Right, yeah, the first therefore. Therefore, since emptiness of intrinsic existence refers to the lack of that autonomy just described rather than to the non-existence of functioning things, you can use dependent arising as a reason to refute intrinsic existence. The earlier citation of Chandrakirti's commentary on the four hundred stanzas continues. Therefore, since in this Madhyamaka system to be a dependent arising is to lack autonomy. Lacking autonomy is what emptiness means. Emptiness does not mean that nothing exists. Consequently, the view that functioning things do not exist is a mistaken denial of the existence of illusion-like dependent arisings, both the pure and the afflicted. Hence, it is not accurate. The view that things intrinsically exist is also inaccurate because such intrinsic nature does not exist in anything. (laughs) Thus Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas continues. Therefore, according to this Madhyamaka system, the view that those functioning things do not exist is inaccurate insofar as it mistakenly denies the functioning of dependent arising and of illusion-like causes, both the pure and the afflicted, because they do not intrinsically exist. The view that things intrinsically exist is also inaccurate. Therefore, those who claim that things have intrinsic nature, dependent arisings does not exist, and the faults of the views of permanence and annihilation ensue. Therefore, those who wish to be free from the views of permanence and annihilation should assert both the lack of intrinsic existence and the illusion-like dependent arising of both pure and afflicted phenomena. So, here, just as a translator's note, um, when it's talking of permanence and annihilation... It's talking, we usually call it substantialism and nihilism. Um, So it's saying, uh, believing there's too much, so there's an actual self there, or believing not enough, and that's the nihilism. So believing there's an actual self is substantialism, or the view of, of permanence, that they're calling it here. So believing in this... Um, self, the solitary self that exists would be an example of the view of permanence. The view of annihilation is a belief that there is not a self, there is um, that that the I doesn't exist, that there isn't someone sitting here, that nothing exists. So nihilism believes that nothing exists. Substantialism asserts that uh, it exists in some sort of inherent way. So it's in between the two where you find the middle way view, whereas that things, dependently originated things, exist. um, And they exist and function because they dependently originate. Um, So um, that is the place where you are between the two, on the view of permanence and annihilation. Permanence believes in a uh, truly establishment, um, and then annihilation believes in non-existence all like that emptiness then shows that nothing exists so those are the um, those are the two extremes they're called objection if you use functional dependent arisings to refute autonomy and say that lacking autonomy means being a dependent arising then how are you refute us for we other Buddhist schools also assert functioning functional dependent arisings therefore there is no difference between you and us reply Although you assert dependently arising cause and effects, you are like a small child, apprehending a reflection of a face as truly being a face. You reify dependent arising as intrinsically existent and then call, that, then call that the essence of things, call that the essence of things. Thus you do not accurately know the meaning of dependent arising and you express its meaning inaccurately. Since we hold that dependent arisings lack intrinsic existence and say so, That is the difference between you and us. Accordingly, Chandrakirti's commentary in the 400 stanzas continues. So this is Lama Tsongkhapa um, negating the lower non-Buddhist schools. Uh, So the lower non-Buddhist schools here are um, the ones that are are objecting and they're the ones that are saying, you're just saying the same thing we are. We all believe in dependent arising. Um, And Lama Tsongkhapa is negating that and saying that they still have this substantialism. That, that exists within their view. Quam, if lacking autonomy means to be a dependent... Um, so, China Kirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas continues. Quam, if lacking autonomy means to be a dependent arising, then how will you refute us? What difference is there between you and us? This is an, a lower non-Buddhist school asking this question. Lower Buddhist school. I'm sorry if I said non-Buddhist. A lower Buddhist school. I will explain this. You do not understand how to know or to express the meaning of dependent arising accurately. Um, that is the difference. So this is Chandrakirti or and through Arya Deva's 400 verses, replying to the lower Buddhist schools. By reifying a reflection as a truth, a young pre-verbal child obliviates, uh, obviates, 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 it's actual obviates, its actual nature, emptiness. When the child thinks of the reflection and its nature, those ideas about the reflection are ignorant ones. Similarly, you assert dependent arising, but while dependent arisings like reflections are empty of intrinsic nature, you do not understand their nature accurately. This is because you do not apprehend that what lacks intrinsic nature as lacking intrinsic nature. You reify an essence that does not exist into an essence that does exist. You also do not understand how to express the meaning of dependent arising because you do not say that is the absence of intrinsic existence and because you call it the essence of things. While we and they are alike in asserting the dependent arising of cause and effects, the difference is that we understand and they do not understand how to know and to express dependent arising accurately in terms of intrinsic nature and its absence. The advocates of intrinsic existence call something truly existent if it can be accepted as a functioning thing, and amongst them there are some who conclude that the debate as to whether things truly exist is only a semantic one. Likewise, they say that It is only semantics when we debate with Svatantrikas, for even the Svatantrikas claim that things exist by way of their intrinsic character, as to whether something that functions conventionally has a nature that conventionally exists by way of its intrinsic character. This teaching by Chandrakirti clearly refutes these ideas." So the Svatantrikas are the school right below the consequence school. That's the middle way autonomy school. Um, so, um, they're stating that even the, your middle way school says something like this. Um, and the Svatantrika, the middle way autonomy school, is negated by the consequence school. Chandrakirti, Lama Tsongkhapa, etc., Aryadeva are all holders of the consequence view. Um, so, when we look at the, the tenet systems of Great Exposition School, the Sutra School, the mind only school and then the middle way school the middle way has the two co- categories middle way consequence and middle way autonomy and then autonomy has two categories but that's not important right now the middle way autonomy well, anyway middle way autonomy has one that's leaning towards the sutra school um... and then one that's leaning towards the mind only school um... so that's how they divide those um... even subdivide them further when we look at the, the two divisions of the middle way uh, school, So it's consequence and autonomy. Uh, where am I? <coughs>
2: <coughs> likewise, they say it's only, uh, Likewise, they say that... The
0: semantics, form. I remember that. Which page? 319? Okay. Sorry about that. For even the Svatantrikas claim that things exist by way of their intrinsic character... So the middle way autonomy school actually believes that there is intrinsic existence conventionally still. So they, they still have substantialism even though they're a middle way school in the tenets. And that's why they're negated at, by the final view of the, the consequence school. Um, as to whether something that exists conventionally has a nature that it conventionally exists by way of its intrinsic character. Uh, this teaching by Chandra Kirti clearly refutes these ideas. For example, it would be as though someone absurdly claimed that since Samkhya's, those are the enumerators, the, the believers of the 25, say that the thing that is known as the object of auditory consciousness is permanent. Buddhists are only quibbling over semantics when they refute the permanence of sound while accepting the thing that is known as the object of auditory consciousness. When other living beings see something as produced in dependence upon causes and conditions, they see it as essentially or intrinsically existent, Thus, they are bound in cyclic existence. But for noble beings, production in dependence upon causes and conditions is reason enough to refute intrinsic existence and develop certainty about the lack of intrinsic existence, because it cuts the bonds of extreme views. The use of dependent arising as a reason to prove that there is no intrinsic existence is a marvelous and a highly skillful method. After the Bhagavan saw the force of this point, he said in the question of the Naga king, Anavatapta, whatever is produced from conditions is not produced, It is not intrinsically produced. Whatever depends upon conditions, I consider empty. One who knows emptiness is diligent. <clears throat> the first two lines mean that production from causes, uh, production from conditions, entails not being intrinsically produced. The third line states that dependent arising, which is reliance on conditions, is the meaning of in- emptiness of intrinsic existence. The fourth line indicates that the benefit of knowing emptiness in this way. Similarly, that sutra says that by knowing dependent arising you cut off extreme conceptions. The learned will know dependently arisen phenomena and avoid extreme views. So here's that extreme views, the view of substantialism and the view of nihilism. Those are the two extremes. You'll keep seeing the two extremes, extreme views. Those are referring to those two points that you can get to which are both misconceptions. Um, Moreover, if things were essentially or intrinsically existent, the conqueror and his disciples would have to have seen them in that way. But they did not. And since what intrinsically exists does not in any way work through conditions, it does not cut the net of elaborations, i.e., the conceptions of signs. Thus there would be no uh, liberation, as the Elephant Ornament Sutra says. If phenomena were intrinsically existent, then the conqueror and his disciples would know it. With static phenomena, no one would pass beyond sorrow. The learned would never be free from elaborations. In the third, fourth, and fifth chapter in Nagarjuna's fundamental treatise, there are arguments that refute the intrinsic existence of the source's aggregates constituents, and constituents. In de- demonstrating that objects lack self, it is excellent to use those arguments as well. Yet I am wary of becoming long-winded and will not elaborate. How to eliminate obscurations by coming accustomed to those views. After you have seen that the self and that which belongs to the self lack even the slightest particle of intrinsic nature, you can accustom yourself to these facts, thereby stopping the reifying view of the perishing aggregates as the self and that which belongs to the self. When you stop that view, you will stop the four types of grasping, grasping that holds on to what you want, etc., explained earlier. When you stop these, Existence conditioned by attachment will not occur. Hence, here will be an end to the rebirth of aggregates conditioned by existence. You will attain liberation. Nagarjuna's fundamental treatise says, Because of the pacification of the self and that which the self owns, the conception I and the conception mine will be gone. And thoughts of the self and that which belong to the self are extinguished in regard to internal and external things. Grasping will stop. Through its extinction, birth will be extinguished. Um, Accordingly, since grasping is an affliction and potential existence is karma, you are liberated through uh, extinguishing the causes of birth, i.e., karma and afflictions. Nagarjuna's fundamental treatise says, through extinguishing karma and afflictions there is liberation. So this is talking about how to stop. Uh, th- when we look at the Wheel of Life, the Twelve Links of Dependent Origination, um, it's talking about how to stop once that grasping is stopped then the karma and the afflictions. Um, and, and birth and so forth are stopped, so the wheel of cyclic existence doesn't turn if one of the, the parts of it are taken away because it's dependent upon the others. So once you remove that grasping, it takes away what comes from it, um, so it makes the rest of it all fall apart, and it makes cyclic existence fall apart and no longer a viable option um, because there's no longer um, any of the causes for its occurrence.
1: Um, dig song da and the the in the गोसु 茶道所で <coughs> சேஜி 노보타지 Maju Nana. The U. Treaty Majuro, Nabar Duba, Maju Ba, Yang Nadang, Nai Ledon, 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 le Ledon, 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 Cheba 这把美食都, 고아녀승녀야 <chapters> ट्रबधा देन Quoi le tour, <coughs> quoi le tour, Rajin, mais <coughs> tombagnait tailleux. son Tawayan, sebana, Gomba magibe, magibe, gomba magibe, gomba magibe, chéyé, chéyé, débat, chéyé, débat せやさじでど gomba Si on fit très vite é bekannt pour les femmes, la cette a la tatan Na Tej J'ai tatana, Maber, <laughs> 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 Good ye see, good do, you not Mariba, Mariba, Pomba, Dugitan, Zunin, la Sauba, Yuba, Dietan, Drawa, Zibanane, tu me rayis, déban déban de maïde, जो <tying Sahara> Papa n'a la à ranc, de Сумбей, саджипа, саджипа 언카레 한번 내
0: You know, 767 is the last. Okay, good. Okay. All right. Accordingly, okay. Oh. As for the extinction through which karma and afflictions are extinguished, that same passage continues. Karma afflictions arise from misconceptions. These misconceptions arise from elaborations. These elaborations are stopped uh, by emptiness. So um, there's a, um, a technical term called improper mental conduct, um, and it's what actually causes all of cyclic existence to occur. And these elaborations are... Um, when you start to think about um, the qualities um, that something has, that's really nice because it's red, and red is really nice, and it's that brand I like. And you start to put all of the, it's called improper mental conduct, you start to give an item all of these different qualities or elaborate upon the item's qualities that makes it even more concrete in your mind that it substantially exists in some way, shape, or form. Um, So it's when you remove that process that begins with grasping as that thing is being truly established, and then all of these qualities that you elaborate on it then are also truly established in your mind. But if you get rid of that very first grasping, then what comes from it doesn't occur. So that's the, the point that's being made here, is that these elaborations are stopped by emptiness. Karma and afflictions arise from misconceptions. These misconceptions arise from elaborations. These elaborations are stopped by emptiness. So the grasping itself is stopped by emptiness, by the understanding of, of the actual nature of reality. Uh, I'm just going to read some of this. That is the flu- the that is the cyclic flow of birth and death arise from karma. Only physical, verbal, and mental compositional activity associated with an aff- afflicted mind constitute karma that establishes cyclic existence so karma arises from afflictions afflictions that are rooted in 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 the reifying view of the perishing aggregates do not arise without up op- operation of misconceptions that superimpose upon objects signs such as pleasant and unpleasant. Thus afflictions such as attachment and hostility rooted in the reifying view of the perishing aggregates are produced from such misconceptions. These misconceptions operate mistakenly only by clinging to the notion this is real in regard to the eight worldly concerns or men and women or pot, cloth, form or feeling. Since it is these misconceptions that conceive these objects, they are generated from elaboration of conceptions of true existence. Chandrakirti's clear words says, Emptiness, viewing all things as emptiness, stops all worldly elaborations. Why? Because when you see something as real, there are going to be elaborations, such as those explained. Insofar as the daughter of a barren woman is not seen, the lustful will not engage in elaborations with her as the object. When elaborations are not operating, their object is not going to be misconceived. As misconceptions are not operating, afflictions rooting in the reifying view of the perishing aggregates are not generated through the clinging to I and mine. As afflictions rooted in the reifying view of the perishing aggregates are not generated, actions are not performed. Those who do not perform actions will not experience cyclic existence, which is called birth, aging, and death." Chandrakirti's clear words also states very clearly how knowing emptiness stops those elaborations and misconceptions. Why? It is like emptiness is not elaborated in so far it has the character of thoroughly quelling elaboration. Since it is not elaborated, it stops misconceptions. Though, through stopping misconceptions, it stops the affliction. Stopping karma and affliction stops birth. Therefore, since only emptiness has the character of stopping all elaborations, it is called nirvana. This passage proves that the view of emptiness cuts the root of cyclic existence and is the heart of the path of liberation. Hence you must gain firm certainty about this. Um, So just as a clarity, uh, it's just English wording here, um, but emptiness, the the understanding of emptiness is what gets rid of grasping, and once grasping has gotten rid of then there is no action. There's no affliction. There's no action, etc. So then one is liberated because there's no longer those things. But it's not saying that emptiness is liberation. In so in like that, emptiness is a place that you go to, or that emptiness is liberation. Liberation is empty. Uh, that would be a correct way to say it. Um, but emptiness um, is only kind of like what makes liberation possible. So uh, there just needs to be a slight commentary on this um, because it could be misunderstood quite easily. Uh, Let me just make sure where we are. Papa 768. Yeah, okay. This passage proves that the view of emptiness cuts the root of cyclic existence and is the heart of the path to liberation. Hence, you must gain firm certainty about this. Accordingly, the treatises of the uh, noble master Nagarjuna clearly state that even Shravakas and Prachika Buddhas can know that all phenomena lack intrinsic existence, for they state that liberation from cyclic existence is achieved through the view of emptiness of intrinsic existence. Shravakas and Prachika Buddhas meditate on that view for as long as their afflictions remain when their afflictions are extinguished they are satisfied and do not persist in meditation hence they are unable to eliminate cognitive obscurations bodhisattvas not content with mere liberation from cyclic existence through the mere extinction of afflictions seek buddhahood for the sake of all living beings hence they meditate so as to utterly extinguish cognitive obscurations, thus they meditate for a very long time and are adorned with limitless collections of merit and wisdom. Accordingly, while the remedy that purges the seeds of both obscurations is the view of emptiness as explained above, because of the limited duration of their meditation, Shravakas and Prachika Buddhas can eliminate only afflictive obstructions. They do not eliminate cognitive obscurations. So the cognitive obscurations are what they're choosing to call the obstructions to omniscience. Um, So when you see that, I think that's what they're choosing to call the shiji the obstructions to omniscience. Uh, for example, shi, cognitive, it's probably more literal to call it cognitive obscuration. Obstruction to omniscience is more of an explanation of what it is than a literal translation of the word shidri. Um Because jipa means obscuration, shi means uh, uh, consciousness or cognition or something like that. So it would be more appropriate to call it cognitive obscuration so just know that that means obstruction to omniscience for example, the very same knowledge of the lack of of self is the remedy for both the objects which are eliminated on the path of seeing and the objects were eliminated on the path of meditation. Yet, simply directly seeing the lack of self can eliminate the objects that are eliminated on the path of seeing, but cannot eliminate the objects to be eliminated on the path of meditation. Thus, you meditate, must meditate for a very long time in order to eliminate the objects that are eliminated on the path of meditation. It is similar in this case. Still, the elimination of cognitive obscurations cannot be accomplished even by meditating for a very long time on that alone. It also involves training in many other sublime activities. Since Shravakas and Prachika Buddhas do not cultivate the remedy to cognitive obscurations but cultivate only the means to eliminate afflictive obstructions, it is said that Shravakas and Prachika Buddhas lack full and complete knowledge of the lack of self and phenomena. Chandrakirti's explanation of the middle way commentary says, Although even Shravakas and Pratyakabuddhas see the same condition of dependent arising, they still lack a full and complete cultivation of the lack of self and phenomena. They have only a means to eliminate the behavioral afflictions of the three realms. Thus, what other Madhyamikas consider a conception of self and phenomena, this master considers afflictive ignorance. Even though Srivakas and Prachika Buddhas meditate on the lack of self and phenomena to the point of utterly eliminating afflictive ignorance, they lack a complete meditation on the lack of self and phenomena. These statements should be understood as I have explained them both here and above. So the, the subtler and subtler understandings of emptiness that even one on the Mahayana path has, even after one has seen emptiness, becomes an aria at the path of seeing, there still is path of meditation that one goes through. So there's an even more subtle uh, level of understanding and even more subtle afflictions that have been gotten rid of. So that's why it's saying that just because you see the path of seeing and you see emptiness, you don't see enough to get rid of the obscurations that you get rid of on the path of meditation. So there's some, some sort of Level of subtlety that takes place between those stages that allows for more misunderstanding to be removed. Because it's misunderstanding that's being removed and an and imprints of misunderstanding uh, that's being removed. Uh, these statements should be understood as I have. Um, Thus, what other Madhyamikas consider a conception of self and phenomena, this master considers afflictive ignorance. Even though Shravakas and Prachika Buddhas meditate on the lack of self and phenomena to the point of utterly eliminating afflictive ignorance, they lack a complete meditation on the lack of self and phenomena. These statements should be understood as I have explained them both here and above. What are cognitive obscurations in the Prasangika system? Certain latent propensities are firmly set in the mind stream through its being beginninglessly suffused with strong attachment to things regarded as intrinsically existent. These latent propensities give rise to errors of dualistic appearances so that things appear to be intrinsically existent when they are not. These errors are cognitive obscurations. As Chandrakirti says in his explanation of the Middle Way Commentary, Srivaka's Prachika Buddhas and Bodhisattvas who have eliminated afflictive ignorance see composite phenomena as like something that is merely existent, e.g. a reflection. For them, because they lack the inflated sense of true existent, composite phenomena have fabricated natures and are not truths. These fabrications deceive children. For others, they are mere conventions, since, like illusions and such, they are dependent arisings. Also, because these three types of beings partake of the mere ignorance that has the character of being a cognitive obscuration, These mere conventionalities appear to noble beings whose spheres of activity are associated with appearance and not to those whose spheres of activity are devoid of appearance. Bodhisattvas who have eliminated afflictive ignorance refers to those who have attained the eighth level because Chandrakirti's commentary on the 400 stanzas as cited earlier states that they are bodhisattvas who have attained forbearance regarding the teaching of non-production. Therefore, bodhisattvas and Hinayana-arhats who have achieved the eighth level have put an end to the creation of new latent propensities for errors of dualistic appearance but since they have many long established latent propensities for dualistic appearance they are not yet cleared to be that are yet to be cleared away they still must train for a long time when they clear away these propensities stopping all latent propensities for error they become buddhas so it's saying that an eighth ground bodhisattva is has the same level of uh, abandonment that an arhat, Hinayana arhat does. So technically they would be liberated, but the compassion and the bodhisattva path that they have disallows them to fall into nirvana and makes it so they go 8, 9, 10th bodhisattva level and get rid of the imprints of the obstructions. Um, So that's um, the difference uh, between the uh, Hinayana um, arhat um, and the Buddha the Hinayana Arhat still has the imprints of the afflictions um, but no longer uh, has the afflictive obstructions um, so therefore the Hinayana Arhat is liberated and is in nirvana but he or she is not a Buddha and is not omniscient because of the remaining um, imprints of those afflictions the um, cognitive obscurations they're calling them there uh, so now we have time for question and answers I'm going to take these off I can't do both. It looks like stars and fireworks when I look far in those. It's great. Anybody have any questions? We need the microphone passer. Yeah, there you go. We should be able to do like flips when we pass it and stuff. I don't know if you've seen any of that handiwork of the executioners. Yeah, there's like... three to five guys on turntables and they like do backflips over each other and like catch each other's record like in the mid spin it's pretty interesting stuff i don't know if they still do that that was that's what i'm thinking you should all look that up and then think about that for here it's going to be awesome when you look it up it will be you're gonna be like wow i would have never looked that up the executioners i wouldn't have go ahead i was wondering if you could clarify something you said two weeks ago
2: um you made a statement and i've I've read it somewhere before about and i'm I'm probably not saying this correctly but that the best conduit the best path to enlightenment and liberation is from the human realm yes not from the demigod or Mm -hmm. god realm so two things if that's true and i'm saying that correctly why would a being of small capacity want rebirth in the demigod or Mm. god realm? Because it's almost like they're grasping after uh, uh, less suffering, but not the correct path, like not the optimal path. And then if that's also true, it's almost implying that some level of negative karma is optimal for us so that we get this rebirth and not a rebirth at a demigod or god level, Because this is the optimal gateway. Like, this is the best place for us to seek our liberation and achieve that. So, you know, why would you want any of those? Because they're really just less suffering, right? Not really better suited to achieve that higher level of consciousness, that, that enlightenment.
0: You answered it. It's the less suffering. That being of that capacity isn't aiming at liberation. So if you're not aiming at liberation what do you want to have you want to have the happiest existence you can have so even though the the gods and the don't have the same propensity and I'm gonna ask Rinpoche for practice because of all of the goodness going on they just aren't motivated to practice um... uh... they still have a much happier feeling as as an existence than a human does so
2: wanting the human existence with the the person
0: the person that is aiming at the small scope, isn't looking at this broader picture like you are. They're only looking at, I can only do this, I just want to have a, a rebirth that's happy next time. They're not, there's even Hinayana practitioners that don't believe everyone can even be a Buddha. Um, so, you just have to step a little lower than that and say, oh, well, if I can't, maybe there's some people who don't think they can hit, achieve nirvana. So, what would you want to do? Live like a god. So, Rimache, the garishene <laughs> the ngatsu me me luden sawa chembo Then, the ngama the Chiran, sumpre the me the ngatsu the this then me luden yakshu Hla luden yakshu yomare gangin sene nyamlen yapi yomare the me luden yakshu دنیا دتی گیشه رونان دنگاری شنید میل
1: jesus to go the
0: me luten, the Hla luten, me yar, Yargdu. Shanchu semba, the de layu degudu, then consul mulan jagudu, me, the me lu dengu. Then Garshene me yaksu.
1: Me lieutenant Garshene yapudu, Garshene. Then a jabachumu and drink to jabachimichu, Garduba yinaya, me lieutenant Rotugoro. Then a hla draw to
0: too is it? a lenpa, the the yure, tuk, so tungudu. The me
1: lutengar, Do Um, Even though the
0: human basis doesn't have um, all of the joys and enjoyments, if you will, that the gods, and demigods, has, um, it's a much more suited basis for practicing the Dharma um, because of the balance of suffering and happiness that one has. Um, In the God's realm, there is only happiness, and you don't see any forms of suffering. Um, So there isn't a motivator for compassion, there isn't a motivator to wish to definitely emerge, um, so that the strengthening of renunciation doesn't occur from one's own side and the generation of compassion is difficult because one doesn't see anything of suffering. One doesn't have an object of observation to generate compassion for. So it's because of that reason that the bodhisattvas who are dwelling in the Pure Land actually make aspirational prayers to be born as human beings because they're able to hear about suffering, they're able to see suffering, they're able to experience suffering, but it's not so much suffering that it's not in, um, uh, that 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 one can't practice dharma. So in the lower realms, in the hells and so forth, there's so much suffering that one just can't put one's mind to anything but the suffering. So the practice of dharma is almost impossible in the lowest realms and in the 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 animal realms, there's such ignorance that the practice of Dharma is almost impossible. So the lower realms aren't conducive. And then in the higher realms, you've got the exact opposite of that level of suffering. You've got that high level of joy that disallows the practitioner. So the reason that you're, as a more advanced practitioner, someone who is um, aiming at goals above the small scope, you're aiming at goals that are either to liberate or to become a Buddha, if you're aiming at those kind of goals, you're aiming at the basis that will be best for you to achieve that. Not the basis that will feel the best, the basis that will help you achieve those goals the best. And the human basis, it is said, has all of the um, channels and so forth to be able to practice the tantrayana as well the human basis is very suited um, in terms of, of the structure to not only practice the sutrayana, um, which is a complete path, but also to practice the tantrayana. Um, so the human basis has a lot of qualities that are conducive for dharma practice and a lot of qualities that um, make it um, the best vehicle to achieve that. Now um in order to achieve a human basis one the 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 Me Luden the jugare Gare Mulan the Cheron Lapsong e J Song the Shintu
1: Suchim and the Shiduji wouldn't me luden
0: so in order to have the basis one has to have an un sullied aspiration for a human basis before. This is the causes of human basis. One has to have ethics and a practice of the six perfections. So ethics is a real, real basis, and then the practice of the six perfections. Those are the components that come together to make for a human basis. So a human basis is difficult to achieve, and so Rinpoche wanted to show that part of it too that not only is it difficult to achieve, but it's easily lost. So knowing that it's the most conducive for practicing, uh, we should take advantage of it right now. Um, but that's the reasoning behind it. it. Why would a practitioner of small scope want to be a god? Because it's the most happy state in cyclic existence. It's the best place in the in cyclic existence to be. Not to practice, but happiest. So, and it takes the most karma to get the happiest. Karma doesn't have uh, a, dr- um, a motivation. Karma doesn't have motivation. Karma Karma's is, you can make an aspiration, that's what motivates the karma one way or another, but karma doesn't have a motivation. Karma just produces. Okay. So it's the aspiration.
1: It's the aspiration, yeah. Okay. Does that answer? Yeah. Okay. Me, Southern children, middle, London, Naka, not dangerous. are,
0: And the human basis um, has the five elements. Um, And these five elements all must be intact. Um, Remember, this is an aside. So um, not only do we need to um, practice, but we need to take care of our basis physically as well. So if there's medicine that we need to take or um, practices that we need to do, To balance the elements, uh, we should do so because this human uh, basis can perish. So going back to the human basis is precious and very valuable for practicing Dharma. It's also easily lost and we need to make sure that uh, we take care of it and if any of our elements are off at all it can lead to our dying. Um, So we need to take take care of ourselves physically um, and spiritually. So Western medicine taking medicine would also balance the elements um in this. Then eh, the the hla juang a yirbe. Yuri Yur Kanga. Senchen Kanga Juang A Yirbe. Kanga L day mare zume. mare. So all of the um beings, all sentient beings except for formless realm beings have the five elements. Then the Hla that Sa, Corlo Kanga Okay, I was asking if they have the same channel and chakras, and he said, "I don't know. I doubt that." Does anyone else have any questions? That's a great question, though, and I've heard it. It's like, why are you, why are bothering with this? Why are you talking about this gods and because it does, you can't practice there. Why would you want to go there? But the person who's wanting to go there isn't paying attention to nirvana or it's just that very limited scope. It's a person that, that just can't believe beyond life, like that really is attached to this life and how they feel and then wants the next one to be good like that. Yeah, Like it's for a person who's on the cusp of... Um, they say that it's named as Buddhism uh, because it's, Buddhism is trying to get out of cyclic existence. And the small scope isn't trying to get out of cyclic existence, so it's kind of in name. Um, it's Buddhism because it's projected at a future life. It doesn't become Buddhism until it's aimed at future life. So if it's to be happy in this life, it's not Buddhism. So it has to be a teaching that's aimed at the future life, Artisha said. Um, so it becomes a Buddhist teaching because it's speaking of future lives and aiming at that. Um, but it is only a name because it's not speaking of how to get out of cyclic existence. And That's what the Buddha taught. Four Noble Truths was how to get out. How? Why we're here. What causes it. What do you have to do to get out. Anyone else? No questions about the middle way autonomy leaning towards mind only? <laughs> Not today, huh? Okay. Um, we'll do the uh, concluding mandala offering and dedication prayer. And again, thank you everybody for coming uh, again. So if we can just make sure everybody's minds are getting in this pattern. So it's the first Wednesday of the month. Introduction to Buddhism class on Wednesday, 9 a.m. Second Sunday of the month is going to be White Tara initiation every month. So, second Sunday is always, and this is what I, right? I'm correct, right? Second Sunday of the month is White Tara initiation every month. So, we're really fortunate. Some people in Tibet pray for one time in their life to be able to get a White Tara initiation from the lineage Uh, from a qualified master. um, Because that's a really important detail. In order to really have an initiation to give, you have to have an unbroken lineage. And you have to have received it, and then not only received it, but have done the rituals that are necessary to be able to give the initiation, the retreat, the approximation, and so forth. So it's really rare and very special to be able to receive that initiation once let alone on a reoccurring basis, so that we can get more and more familiar uh, with the actual practice and the deity. It's very fortunate, and I don't think you'll find a, a monthly initiation anywhere in the world. I mean, that I know of. Um, so it's really, really fortunate. So let's the zambuling rimche kasakala the dawa re 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 the drunkard tsaywang yo mare. Dawa The yomare. Yeah, he's not going to brag, but he's agreed that this is very rare and not something that occurs. Chana namche. The fundamental ground is scented with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun, and the moon. I imagine this as a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure realm. Holy all this virtue to emulate I I dedicate all this virtue I have collected for the benefit of the teachings and of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of venerable Lozandrapa to shine forever. I send forth this jewelled mandala to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manjushri and likewise Samantabhadra as well. With whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all the conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In that pure land surrounded by snowy mountains, you are the source of all benefit and happiness. All-powerful Avalokiteshvara, Tenzin Yatso may stay until samsara's end. I pray for the long life of the precious Kenser Wandok, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in the five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance.